This is where they are building the largest nuclear fusion reactor in the world. Yeah, a friend of mine told me I had to check out this pool. America on Main Street and at the dinner table is talking about infrastructure when 20 years ago they didn't even know what that meant. Today, those towers are an astounding display of wealth, prestige, and engineering. First. It's impacting everyday Americans. I am against the train the way it's being done right now. New York City housing is a scam. It is a scam, 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 scam. The Shard in central London is being officially opened today and at 310 metres tall, it's Europe's newest and tallest skyscraper. Hello, I'm Fred Mills. And this is the world's best construction podcast by the B1M. Hello and welcome to the World's Best Construction Podcast. I'm your host, Fred, and as you know by now, guys, I'm joined by Luke Fly and Liam Marsh. It's been a really big week this week, so it's good to have you uh, Good to have you guys here. And all three of us are in the same country. This never happens, right? No, mate, no. It's, uh, it's actually really nice to be recording in the morning instead of, like, 9pm at night. Yeah, welcome to our world, Liam. <laughs> welcome <laughs> to our world. Great, isn't it? I feel very fresh. Lots of chat going. It's good. <laughs> New man, How- we're a new host today. All, all, all kinds, different levels of insight from Liam today, I reckon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. New man. Oh, yeah. How, how are you enjoying London, mate? How are you enjoying being back? Yeah, it's good. Good. Loving it. Um, I've just, like, slotted back into my old life. Went back to some of my favourite restaurants since I've been here. A couple of favourite pubs. It's good. It's nice and sunny. Yeah, it's loving it, mate. And uh, I hear, I hear through the grapevine... That you went on the Elizabeth line for the first time. First time, I did. Yeah, right. Yeah. And right. I see what all the hype is about. It we was go. epic. <laughs> I lived in East London for like six years, and you would have to. I would have to get the Central line to Holborn, and then I'd have to get the Piccadilly line to Heathrow anytime I wanted to fly back to New Zealand or Australia. And it would. It was just such a pain to do. It took forever. So when I landed, I was like, oh, city mapper, boom, Elizabeth Line. I'm saying next to Liverpool Street. Elizabeth Line to Liverpool Street. Elizabeth Line to <laughs> Liverpool Street Station. 43 minutes. And it was aircon. I know. Yeah. Life-changing. I don't think people realize how much of a big deal it is. Do you know what I mean, Fred? I say that to people. I'm like, no, I don't think you understand. I tell my family. I'm like, no, the Elizabeth Line is a big deal. It is. And, and it only like- took like a handful of years and 19 billion quid. Like... It's just a great deal, isn't it? Like, mm. what, what bargain? Bargain, mate. Bargain. <laughs> no, bargain. it is amazing. It's beautiful. It's architecturally beautiful. I've said it before. You've got architecture and engineering married together. It's convenient. It's boosting the economy of the city or the country. It's amazing. We love the Lizzie line. Yeah. You know, it did come at quite a price, as does all infrastructure. Yeah, no, it did. Which and, kind of leads uh, us on Fred, to the theme of this week. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it does big time. Fred... Um, how, how are you? You're busy at the moment, aren't you? For some reason. I feel like I'm always busy when we have this chat on the podcast. I'm just one of those busy people in life, but, uh, this is a particularly busy week because obviously we've launched, uh, Get Construction Talking. By the time you guys hear this, the video series will be out there. Getconstructiontalking.org, uh, is live. We are accepting donations. So if anyone wants to donate to Construction's Mental Health, uh, cause we would love to receive donations of any kind they go to help establish construction mental health charities all around the world 
Uh, and as I said, the video series is up there. So please go and watch that. Share it with your friends and colleagues. Um, yeah, it's been big. We've got, we've got ads on the tube this week. We're across 30 different sites in London, all in zone one. Mm. It's huge. It's been a big week. We've got done a mental health special podcast, which you guys have hopefully listened to. So, yeah, I, I've got cause to be knackered, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. But that photo, that photo, the uh, tube ad, sorry, that is that is quality. That is absolutely quality. Very proud of that. Yeah, me too. It's great to use, I've said it before, but it's really great to use the weight and impact of what we've built with the B1M and the global reach of Procore to try and raise awareness of an issue as important as mental health. So yeah, it's it's a proud moment. I'm really pleased to see it out there. And uh, the reaction so far has just been incredible. Like it's been emphatic from everyone that's seen it and and has backed it and supported it and been involved with it and watched it and shared it so far um the feedback right across the campaign from the podcast to the videos to the events has been epic so yeah thanks to everyone that's supporting and chipping in on this because it means a lot to me it's not a it's not an easy thing for me to talk about it's not an easy subject area to try and um tackle but uh yeah mm. having support and feedback like this makes it all worthwhile and reassures me that it was the right thing to do Oh, absolutely, mate! Absolutely, and the uh, the episode we did the other day was was pucker too. I was I was well happy with that. So uh, yeah, hopefully everyone enjoyed it. Yeah, you listening back to that, you'll notice that I talk too fast throughout the whole thing because that's what I do when I'm a bit nervous. I talk quite fast and uh, <laughs> think faster than I speak. So some of my words got a bit mumbled in that, but I'll try and enunciate more on this episode. <laughs> So coming up this week, guys, we have got the Billion Dollar Plan to Save New York, a video that came out recently on tomorrow's build. We're also looking at the incredible Las Vegas sphere that has been test illuminated for the first time and alternate plans have been pitched for New York's Penn Station. Whole thing laced with banter and some of your comments from the week. Let's go. First up this week, we are talking about the Billion Dollar Plan to Save New York, a video that came out on tomorrow's build recently. Uh, now, you've probably seen in the news that New York City is not safe from the effects of climate change. It's a massive city, largely built at sea level uh, in and around the harbour and the Hudson River there, as you know. During heavy rainfall, subway stations and streets can frequently fill with water. You've probably seen some of this uh, shocking footage on, on the news uh, recently through the autumn when some of the really uh, you know, bad weather hits New York, its infrastructure, particularly in lower Manhattan, just isn't really prepared for, for what hits it. And as, you, as you've probably seen, there's those shocking pictures of uh, people wading through uh, subway stations, subway stations largely underwater, water pouring out of doors. It's, it's shocking, shocking stuff. Now, one area that's particularly vulnerable is the very lower tip of Manhattan. So if you think of Manhattan Island, right down the bottom, past the World Trade Center, kind of the closest bit of land on Manhattan to the Statue of Liberty, that is called Battery Park City. Now that used to be water, it used to be Docklands, but it was uh, basically all, all created, the land was created, it was reclaimed uh, from the river in the 1960s using excavation and debris from the original World Trade Center construction site, which is pretty fascinating. So they basically extended manhattan out uh largely along the west and south side there to create battery park city which is i think forgotten now but pretty interesting right i seen it's incredible mate it's incredible that in a place where land is in so much demand that you can just create more land 
Um, but Bats, it's Battersea, what, what's it called again? Battery Park City, right? Battery Park City, yeah. Okay. I only know Battery Park City really because of, um, Casey Neistat vlogs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he used to like, um, live around there or maybe he does live around there again because he moved back to New York and, uh, he's always running around there. Didn't, didn't you see him run? Mate, I run did. There, so he, we were filming, actually, we were filming the Get Construction Talking opening sequence down on the riverfront in Brooklyn early one morning. Mm. Uh, it was on the Brooklyn side, not the Manhattan side. And he just jogged past us. And our, our film editor, uh, Jim was like, that's Casey Neistat. And we were all just like, our jaws just dropped. We were like, oh my goodness me, that's Casey Neistat. What, Fred, what was it like to be, um, amongst the company of a famous YouTuber? Well, I know what it feels like every day to look in the mirror, don't I, Luke? Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Oh, okay. right. oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> he didn't seem very starstruck when he saw me, old Casey. <laughs> <laughs> Just kept it deadpan. <laughs> I would have chased him down and I would have been like, I'm Fred. I'm from the B1M. I'm a YouTuber as well. And then you could have like, and then you could have like done a sweet, sweet collab or something. Yeah. That would have been sure great. Wouldn't happen. He's pretty big. And I'm probably not. <laughs> Jog alongside him for a selfie while he's running. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway, Barry Park City, uh, you might have seen in some famous YouTube videos, they're not as good as our YouTube videos, but there's this guy called Casey Nice that does a couple of YouTube videos here and there. You might have seen it. It's actually one of my favorite New York parks. So I really like uh, Bryant Park and the park around the Flatiron building, that park's really nice. Mm. Mm-hmm. But Battery Park City is nice because it's breezy. You get a really nice view of both Manhattan and uh, the Statue of Liberty. So yeah, I like Barry Park City. It's a nice nice place to be. Uh, however, while the neighbourhood has exploded in popularity, and it is a nice, popular place to, to live and work, the future for it isn't looking so great because of all this flooding and because of its high susceptibility to uh, floods and, and issues down there when bad weather sets in. In 2012, you guys might remember this, but Hurricane Sandy hit New York caused an unprecedented amount of flooding across the city there was about 19 billion dollars worth in damage uh, citywide but some of the worst devastation was down in lower manhattan and around barry park city they're now predicting that with climate change uh, future storm events could see water rise roughly five to seven meters in the battery park area which as you can probably guess is not good if you're down there and living on a well at street level or on the first or second floor to be quite honest I wasn't really aware that um, a lot of the city was at this level. I mean, it makes a lot of sense because it is, I I think it's easy to forget how close to the Atlantic New York is, New York City is and Manhattan is. Um, Yeah. And it's, uh, if if I'm being honest, it is a little bit worrying, mate. I'm like, oh no, this is like, this is a big deal, isn't it? They haven't got a Thames flood barrier have they down down in the- no, but there, there was people in the comments on this video saying why don't they build a barrier across the entrance to new york harbor you know across the, the couple of different entrances both to the south and the north around new york harbor mm. to stop the water level rising which actually isn't a bad idea and that's kind of what venice did they, they're building these barriers around venice to stop the flood water rising there um but as you know that that was quite expensive quite long-winded and doesn't actually work properly and this being new york the track record of public infrastructure being expensive and long-winded and highly contested by some people probably doesn't bode well 
I can't even lie. In, in the video, there was that clip of um, the New York subway station that was flooding. That was that was a bit scary. That was like something out of a horror film. Yeah, that like, was why, crazy. why are people down there when it's like that? I don't know. Is it just is a it, flash? It, it's just a flash flood, isn't it? It's essentially it, it, you're it down there on the tube and it drops in, right? I assume so, because I can't imagine people are going to go. Ah, oh, it's only it's only two two feet high. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm just going one stop anywhere. Really got to get to work. Come on, guys. Really got to get to work today. Yeah. <laughs> do you know? Do you know? I find as soon as I watched this video, <laughs> I instantly thought of that. I can't remember what it's called. The Climate Change Observation Center or whatever they're building <laughs> in New York. <laughs> and I'm like, this doesn't make sense to me. I'm still like, okay, so they're building this, but then why are they building the other one? It just yeah, it baffles me. It, it doesn't make sense to me why they're building the observation one, not why they're building this wall. This, oh yeah, as, no. yeah, yeah. As we said, they'll they'll definitely observe climate change. They'll have a front row seat as it pours into their meeting room. Yeah, um, I don't know if you can hear this, guys, but there's a load of construction going on outside. There's uh, about twenty people jackhammering and slamming sledgehammers <laughs> and pipes. <laughs> in case you're wondering what that rattling sound is. Um, yeah, I'm in the heart of London in an Airbnb. So, uh, yeah, just a heads up to anyone wondering what that sound is. I think it gives the podcast that authentic construction kind of vibe. I think it works quite well. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe we should record on site one day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to style out. I'm trying to style out an audio issue here, guys. I'm trying to make it. I'm trying to spin it into a positive. <laughs> it's working. It's working. Great. Tell us more, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> why don't they build that um you know that we did a video a couple of years ago on japan's tsunami wall and that thing is incredibly ugly and obviously kills like beautiful picturesque beaches and things like that but i mean would, would that help do you think i mean it would solve the issue um mm. the problem is building a big all like that and killing people's views and stuff which is where where a lot of the debate with this thing is so basically there's there's this new plan down at battery park city it's about 221 million dollars i say about because it's not fully fixed yet and it's part of a broader sequence of plans that all together comes to around a billion dollars uh all to do with new york's flood defense system basically they are building a new flood wall down at Battery Park City and through the park. Um, some of it's going to be buried under the park. Some of it is going to have uh, glass-walled sections so you can still see through it and stuff. Um, the buried wall is quite clever because it still creates green space but will block rising floodwaters. Uh, and some of the exposed sections feature these flip-up gates, which you can see in the video. It's kind of these gates that lie flat on the ground when not in use, uh, and then... When they are needed, they flip up and stand up into a, a flood wall that prevents water coming in. That whole thing is expanding north all the way up towards Tribeca. There's also another flood system along some of the waterfront up there. Um, it's a huge it's a huge deal. There's a lot of work going on. Um, there's also an enhanced drainage system. There's isolation valves. There's tide gates. Uh, and then Pire Plaza, which is the lowest point of that whole area, they're doing this new kind of tiered seating thing. You know, like bleacher seating where you sit on the blocks and watch a mm. tech presentation, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. They're doing that as a way to create a performance space, but also um, to create a flood wall for water coming in. whole thing is going to help protect the area from rising sea levels, storm surges and flooding, uh, and specifically during the rare 100-year storm events, 
but it does require part of the park to be demolished and the whole thing to be elevated. And that's where some people are getting a bit annoyed. I mean, yeah. I mean, we'll, I, I suppose we'll get to the opposition in a bit, but the um, I, I, I thought a lot of these renders and a lot, of, a lot of these designs looked really good. They looked decent, you know, for something that's protecting the city. Like what Liam said, it could be this huge, ugly, just concrete wall. And that's it. But it's not. You know, there's a little bit more thought to it. You know, the tiered seating stuff is really, really interesting, really cool. Lots of greenery and shrubbery, you know. So it it, it could be a lot worse, mate. It could be a lot worse. And in, in my opinion, right now, it's something that, yeah, do, do it. Build it now. Do it now. Because when you're going to need it, it'll, if you don't build it, it's going to be too late, isn't it? So Yeah. And I think the opposition is about, it seems to be that the whole plan altogether is going to redu- reduce green space overall by about 10%. And people are annoyed about that because there isn't enough green space in New York City at the minute and you're kind of taking out some park space to create this flood defense system. I can appreciate where they're coming from, though. Coming from Sydney to London, um, just walking around here on, on, on Sunday afternoon, just noticing how much concrete is in the city, like being in a big city and just realizing when I left and I was in a, in a country with a lot more greenery, a lot more open space and things like that, just a lot, how much more relaxed I was. So I can definitely see where they're coming from, especially if they live in that area, um, how much it would, it does mentally affect you. I think I get that. It's just, um, it's going to flood. So <laughs> ten, to me, though, 10, 10%, I hear that. And Liam, you, you are right. And the construction is obviously going to take a while. And, you know, that's going to frustrate some people. But, you know, I hear you. But 10%, mate, yeah? Come on. 10% to save this part of the city. Like, it, to me, that is a no-brainer. I would get rid of the 10% ASAP as if it means that it's going to protect the infrastructure and the structures and the buildings of, of that part of Manhattan. Um, I don't know. I don't know. What do you reckon, Fred? Like, um, I'm well, yeah, there's not, not much point. Not much point having protected green space if it's underwater five minutes later, is there? Like, right. Like, I, I think the New York authorities they are they have listened to some of this. They have made a few tweaks and changes, but the opposition groups want. A completely different plan. They want a bigger flood wall. They want flood proofing of existing structures and stuff to all keep the park as it is and just have it flood whenever it whenever it needs to, whenever it you know, whenever it occurs. New York are basically saying the New York officials are basically saying, No, this is the plan, it's happening. We're gonna elevate the whole park. It's essential to protect the island from flooding. So yeah, I'm kinda of, I kind of I'm on their side a bit with this. I think it is necessary, it's needed, it's better to have and I think the plans, as you say, Luke, do preserve green space. It's not just a great big concrete wall around the bottom of Manhattan. It is right. a well thought out green plan. So, yeah, I quite like it. Would this affect that? Um, ah, who's the guy who, uh, or the firm that did the Garden Bridge, and they they in in London, and they've kind of done the a similar thing in New York. Thomas Heatherwick, yeah, doing the little, is little island. Yeah. Oh, why, is, why, is Liam, why is Liam smiling at me? Why is so no, I, just, I just know you're not the biggest fan of Heatherwick. 
No, <laughs> and we've spoken about him multiple times on the show, <laughs> like every week. I was just double. Up. I was double checking. I was double checking. Double checking. Um, with is that going to be affected by by these plans? It's actually quite high above the water, but I imagine it would be mm. if water levels rise. Yeah, there are up and down. Sorry, that's not very good. There's different topography within Little Island, so there are high bits and low bits, but the bridges onto it are at kind of street level, so yes, it hmm. would be affected. Hmm. Mate, maybe we could uh, nick that and put it on the Thames. <laughs> just just float it over. <laughs> yeah, float it over, mate. No dramas. No dramas. There, do, there is quite a Heatherwick vibe to these plans down the bottom there. You've got kind of fancy external landscaping, built environment, trees tiered seating it's yeah I'm, I'm getting heatherwick vibes it's what happens when you're a trendsetter mate yeah it's what happens well guys let us know what you think about this one this is uh, a big old plan to try and protect lower manhattan obviously there's been there's been a few things kicked around uh protecting lower manhattan there was that big plan for manhattan where the guy was going to extend manhattan island like another 50 blocks or something south into the hudson river to protect low-lying areas um, sounds outrageous, but it has been done before in Lower Manhattan, mm. as we spoke about earlier. So, obviously, not quite to that extent, but yeah, there's there's lots of ideas kicking around. New York has a problem. Uh, there's an issue with flooding that needs to be solved. I don't know. Is this the right thing to do, guys? What do you think of these plans? Are you behind it? Do you support it? Can New York build it fast enough and cheap enough to get it done in time? Get your comments coming in. Podcast at the B1M.com. Also in the news this week, I mean, hold the phone. This has been all over social media. It's probably dominated your social media feeds. I've, I've seen it everywhere. We are talking about the Las Vegas sphere that was illuminated for the first time this week and looks sick. It looks absolutely incredible. Obviously, we've followed this building for a few years. We've followed its construction for a few years. We've got a good old video over on the B1M all about how it's built, how you build the world's largest sphere casual 3.3 million views that's how we roll all right casey nice stat put that in your cap and smoke it uh but it looks good it looks really really good the press lady was very keen to tell me that it opens in september 2023 that is september 2023 it's not open now it's open in september she was very keen to stress that to me um also i got a, a media fact sheet sent through and at the top of that, it says in great big letters, open September 2023. Um, so I'm very keen to just be clear about that. Was that September 2023, right? Yes, September okay. 2023. <laughs> you, know, you know what's not on the fact sheet, though? How many pixels are in that screen? How big the screen is? How high yeah. definition it is? No, no information on that, just opening times and the seating capacity. They want to keep on. that secret, don't they? They want to keep it secret because that's their thing at the moment, right? That's their brand at the moment. Fred, this is this is you know we've spoken about like the line in Saudi, and and I remember using the analogy of oh mate, this project, you know, it feels like something like Blade Runner, yeah. But they're just renders. This is an actual video from Las Vegas, and this is like something out of a sci-fi film. This is. I still kind of can't believe that it's real. It's I, I didn't think it would look this good and and be this effective. I think it is quite honestly shockingly good. Shockingly yeah. good. 
yeah, I can't believe it, mate. The uh, stuff uh, unbelievable. Like, turning it into a globe, turning it into the moon, look like the moon's kind of crashed, landed, and is glowing on the surface of the earth. There's a pumpkin one, there's an eyeball one. I mean, it's just, I mean, the basketball one is so clever. The NBA mm. basketball season announcement thing is just so, so clever. It, but, but I know what you guys think about this. It could only work in Vegas, right? This would this isn't going to work for MSG London. I I think it would. The football. Think about the football. The champions. Yeah, Champions League. <laughs> you do it for the Champions League when it's been played in London or something like. I actually, tennis. yeah, I'd I'd, I'd ATP tennis finals. Stick that in a great big tennis ball. Oi, I just I just thought you said Venice. I thought you just said Venice. I was like, nah, tennis. this wouldn't work. This tennis. wouldn't work in Venice. Um. No, mate. I I think uh, I think I, I mentioned this the other day, but um, I feel like this is the future. This is the future of arenas like this. So I think that that this is just the Vegas one will be like the first one in the world, but this will be replicated around the world. And they you- they, they did propose this in Stratford in East London, didn't they? Mm. I'd that, love it. That would take a lot of attention away from the O2. Is, uh, yeah. It would, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Mm. But I, I have no problems with that whatsoever. I think right. this is amazing. I think it'd be hard. The only thing I can think of in London is it's quite a built up area, like residentially, especially like mm. Stra- that Stratford area. I, I, I personally wouldn't care, but how bright would that be if you're going to have like a massive moon? lit up on it <laughs> like how far are we talking you know what i mean <laughs> but i yeah i hear yeah i, re- I think that months ago we had this conversation um on the slack and i was talking to some of the team about it and i was like yeah but it like you're right next door to like west ham united football club and like Westfields, and like there's apartment blocks everywhere like it's not like it's a quiet part of the city and i think like let's let's have a thing like this weekend alone who who was playing in london like billy joel the weekend you had wimbledon on and wasn't like um was springsteen in london as well this weekend like you had yeah so i don't think london I think this is one of the only cities where you in the world where you can go, yeah, let's add another venue. I think it would still do probably okay. I, mm. I don't know. Am I, maybe maybe I'm a little bit ignorant to to the to the, like, the market or the situation, but um, maybe maybe I'm just jealous and I want one near my like nearby. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But yeah, I, I don't know. This this particular venue for me feels very Vegas, and I think what they've what's impressive with this is that standing out in las vegas is impossible they've built the miniature eiffel tower they've built roller coasters on top of skyscrapers they've built venice for goodness sake like that's venice not tennis luke um, oh sorry and <laughs> and they've still managed to build something and have it blow up across social media worldwide but like, once you've seen it once in vegas will it have the same effect if you build it 30 more times around the world Ooh. Mm. Do we know the size comparison to the London Eye? Do you know that, either of you? I th- I believe it's twice the height of Big Ben, this thing. Wow. Yeah. That is cool. I reckon it could fit in a lot of cities. Like, just the novelty of that. 
Like how how many people would be like, all right, I'm going to go see the, the the London Sphere. Yeah, I mean it's better than the London Eye. <laughs> go up there and it's overcast; you can't see anything anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, you go to the Sky Garden, Liam, which mm. is for free Where and gives located? you. Uh, oh, mate, it's this incredible building called the oh, Walkie Talkie. Of you just go away. <laughs> Do you know what? Do you know what? We were we flew over London and we're at quite a far distance, and all I could see was the Walkie Talkie sticking out, separate like from the thumb. city, like a sore thumb. Perfect. I couldn't I couldn't make out Twenty Two Bishops Gate, things like that. I could, I could obviously <laughs> point out the Shard. All these irrelevant buildings, a gherkin. Couldn't see that, mate. That was that was hidden in the the cluster of skyscrapers around it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's tucked away like like a gherkin in a burger. You know, when you open a burger bun, you're like, oh, there's a gherkin. Ah, well, yes. I hope they cut the gherkin for you, mate, in your burgers. Uh, not, not a whole gherkin. Uh, yeah. Yeah, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? A whole we're gherkin. Lost, we're lost in the metaphor, eh? <laughs> I, uh, I, I think this is superb, but the, it's not even the outside, Fred. It's the inside as well, right? Like the inside has a similar effect with the seating and yeah, there's this amazing on. wraparound screen. They're making they're making content and stuff specifically for this venue, which is going to be incredible to watch. And I, yeah, I, I, it's amazing. I want to go and see it. I want to go and experience it. It's very eye catching. It's blown up worldwide. Yeah, I think impressive. The, um, haven't they designed it for the the sound to just be like revolutionary for like um, yeah. gigs, DJs, things like that? That and would like be the, incredible. The screens and the haptic sound stuff. You're right, Liam. I think it's like it's personalised each individual seat or something. So each, every single seat is a good ticket and gets a unique experience. Like, yeah, incredible yeah. stuff. Not yet though. It's amazing. September, September mm. 2023. That's what was stressed to me. Are they going to fly you? Are they going to fly you out there, mate? I haven't heard anything about that. Nah. Don't go thin air, anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, Sorry. Go go on. Go on. I was going to say. I wonder if they're going to do like advertising. They surely will be do advertising campaigns on it. Say if you've got like a massive gig on. You know, they go to Coca Cola or something like that with like the, the guys that have huge budgets. Apple. Apple could do something really cool with it. It'd be interesting to see how they monetize that side of it and just yeah, to see I the saw- cool campaigns they could do because you could get really creative with it. I saw people like uh, asking if someone could hack it as well. Like if people were to hack the system and put on like stuff of, I don't know, like protest campaigns or stuff. Or, but I don't know, like the video, script, the video file for that must oh, I've got no idea. How how do you make a spherical video file like that? I don't know. I'm just I'm watching the video just on loop, and I still Me can't too. believe it. It just <laughs> it's crazy. It's the one where that like monorail is going by, and it's just it's it's the moon it's one. Yeah, like like what you said, Matt. I didn't actually think of it like that. That it's so hard to stick out in Vegas. I went to Vegas, and it's a bit of a crazy bit of a crazy city. I think. Um, uh, but this is, I kind of, in my head, I was like, yeah, I don't need to go back to Vegas ever again, I don't think. But, it, you know, if this is going to stay and be unique to, to the city, my days, this is special. I was going to ask Very you guys, special. obviously, we've seen the moon, there's been an aquarium, there's the globe picture, there's a basketball, there's a pumpkin. What else should they put on the sphere? That's what I want to know. 
Death Star. The de- <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? That'd be amazing. Right? Star Wars Celebration, Las Vegas. Oh, my God. Yes. Do it now. Right. Yeah, let's do it, Fred. Let's make that happen. I'll, uh, I'll uh, call up Lucasfilm, make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> tennis ball. I reckon we should do a tennis match in there. Just just because it's tennis ball shaped is my only yeah. argument. Football. <laughs> Rugby, sorry lads, it's a spherical building. Off you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Liam's head. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a live podcast <laughs> in, the MG, in the MSG sphere. Oh, be all over that. Be all over that. Who's that handsome fellow? Oh, it's Liam. <laughs> he loves it. You do a uh, prostate cancer awareness campaign to do a massive <laughs> testicle. Oh, jeez. Wow. <laughs> from the guys who brought us the monkey herpes story and the uh, prince albert story <laughs> that's your one now mate yep yep spare me your fake reactions i know what you're up to pretending <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be shocked <laughs> well guys let us know what do, what would you put on the on the msg sphere what else should it be turned into? Come on, there's a great competition there. Let us know. Get your comments coming in. Um, on the subject of comments, lots of things in here. People saying it looks amazing. Uh, Dubai is probably going to build one now. Uh, people blown away by the footage, particularly the moon footage, which uh, which is incredible. Uh, and then for balance, because we always have to do a bit of balance because we're like the, uh, the BBC of podcasts. But uh, Paul is saying they can build a massive semi-spherical screen with a gazillion LEDs but seem incapable of building a decent, effective, and efficient multimodal public transit system. Nice. <laughs> a couple of yeah. others highlighting that there's no way of getting from the airport to the uh, to the city centre, but they've gone and built this. So. It's a yeah, private don't, project, don't... though, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. Cheer up. Yeah. Yeah, Vegas, I don't think <sighs> Vegas is known like... I know, I know Vegas as a city is growing, but I don't think it's like known for like slapping out the, big, like, the next big Elizabeth line infrastructure projects is it like i don't think it's that sort of place is it? they know people are coming to spend money and they're going to slap down like 50 dollars to get to the city center in a cab aren't they like mm. Nah, mm. come on sit in traffic come thank on. you very much or use the uh the elon musk boring tunnel thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, derek derek has very sensibly asked any sense of the energy consumption of this and where the energy source is coming from I mean, no, Derek, I'm staring at a picture of the moon and I'm fascinated by it, all right? I haven't thought about where it's plugged in. I just think it looks good. Yeah. <laughs> Far out, man. Just, yeah, what a buzzkill. <laughs> <laughs> Serious. Someone just else enjoy I was, uh, just enjoy someone it. Else I was chatting to was saying that what if they made it like they put the Vegas skyline on it so it went invisible? Like you could just see through it because you could see the skyline behind it. Oh, that'd yeah, be genius. And then it genius. just kind of appeared. <laughs> anyway, guys, what would you put on the MSG sphere? Let us know. Get your comments coming in. Podcast at theb1m.com. Uh, now we're heading back over to New York, a less fun and exciting city right now compared to Vegas, uh, because new plans have been unveiled for Penn Station. Now, you might remember a few months back, we covered Penn Station on the B1M because there was this big fat plan from the New York City authorities to reconfigure Penn Station and part fund it by letting developers build big fancy skyscrapers around the station site at a tax break premium in exchange for 
chipping in and contributing to the station site area. That has been a long-running fight, basically. So the, the plans aren't really going ahead. There's funding issues. The developers don't want to build office towers right now, so the plans are on hold a bit. Anyway, this new private developer called ASTM, so they're not a new private developer, but ASTM, a private developer, have come to the table with a new plan, an alternate vision for the overhaul of uh, Penn Station. And they reckon it could save a billion so this has been designed by uh, HOK and Practice for Architecture and Urbanism, PAU, um, and they are proposing to retain Madison Square Garden, but clad it in stone so it looks very smart and kind of mirrors the Moynihan Train Hall opposite. Um, and the basically the plan of ASTM is to uh, demolish the Madison Square Garden Theatre, which is a smaller theatre alongside the main arena to make space for a new station concourse. Uh, they'd put around a billion dollars of their own money in and then rely on a mix of state and federal funding to cover the rest of the costs. And then when the whole thing is complete and finished, the developer, ASTM, would operate and lease the station back to Amtrak, New Jersey Transit and the MTA at a cost of $250 million a year. That's $250 million a year. Um, big, fat, messy fight, basically. You've got a developer coming in saying, hey, we can build this for you in a cheaper, better-looking way and get it going, but we'd own it and lease it back to the city for a fee. The city don't like that idea. They want to stick with their idea, but their idea doesn't work right now. So here we are with Penn Station not going anywhere and... It's still being where it is. Oh, um, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this. It feels like there's a new Penn Station update and proposal every five days. Um, and I think that maybe that's what this company is doing. Um, you know, in my opinion, it, it, they're exploiting kind of a vulnerable situation for Penn Station and the city. Um, I get the proposal. And from a business perspective, from you know, from their perspective, it you know, it's probably quite smart, isn't it? But uh, oh, nah, I don't know, mate. I think it's stupid. I th- I- I'd still like find another way to do it. Personally, what do you guys think? Yeah, I, I agree with you, Luke. One hundred percent. Yeah, I think architecturally, it's impressive, right? So there's a lot of comments here on the architecture saying. You know, the original Penn Station can never be replaced, but this is a step in the right direction. Uh, It's making that block Mm. more cohesive and legible. Someone else saying, still a far cry from the original Penn Station, but definitely a better-looking concept for the new building. Uh, Another chap saying it's better than anything else I've seen for this. So, yeah, architecturally, it is impressive. It does look good. On face value for me, I don't want to get in trouble here, or or allegedly, it it feels like a... (laughs) it feels like a bit of a developer trap. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we can come and solve this problem for you, dear city, but we're going to own one of well, the most important and busiest station in New York and lease it back to the city. So I can see why Governor Hochul and the city authorities are like, nah. Yeah. Yeah, ar- ar- architecturally, it's decent. I like the use of, I think is uh, you know, stone. I think it's stone, or it looks like that. Looks really good. Some really nice callbacks in the architecture. It's, um, I think it flirts with being a little bit vanilla, 
at times. I don't know. I think previous proposals are probably maybe a bit stronger or have even maybe a bit more personality. Um, but I don't know. Isn't this like what China are doing, allegedly, with their... <laughs> like, they go to countries, they go, hey, we'll build this to you. And then, the, like, the country can't pay it back. And then um, it's literally yeah, it's the a, same thing. It's a but slightly private, different scale. Yeah, you've got private developer here offering to do it. I mean, this is... And private developers uh, funding and building infrastructure and then leasing it back to the state is a, is a model that's used around the world to get things done. Mm. Like we used it in hospitals with PFI in the UK. We've done it with housing. Uh, we've done it with public authority buildings like leisure centers and stuff. Um, so it's, it's a done thing. Oh, yeah. But sometimes but- it's done for the wrong reasons. And this is like, I do feel like they're taking advantage of an opportunity here. Or are they just trying to be helpful? Yeah, I don't know. Well, li- mate, let's, the maths, the maths doesn't really add up. Like they're saying, oh, we're going to invest um, like a billion they'll, or they'll save a billion or whatever. Like if you do the maths on it, it's not going to take like ages for, for how long a station should last. It's not going to be ages to make the money back and earn like an insane profit on it, is it? So like, just the city should do it instead. Yeah. But anyway, I, I don't want to labour the point too much, but I don't know. I, I just, I don't, my gut says, nah, this is dumb. All but, it needs is the city to step in with its money and do the whole mm-hmm. thing with its own money and get it done. Because then it will actually happen and there'll be one plan and it will move forward. Mm-hmm. I understand why they've got this hybrid plan of wanting, uh, yeah, if they can sell commercial space in the area, they could use that to fund some of the development costs and all that, and then they can't do that right now because none of the commercial space has got to go ahead to be built. And so the whole thing's on hold. It's kind of got it's got bogged down and has stopped because they've made it too complicated. I don't know why they don't build it, spend the money on building it, and then pay it back over time by leasing the commercial space and letting commercial space be built over years, decades ahead, mm-hmm. and using the money from that to pay back the station. Because the minute you've got the busiest station in Manhattan, well, in New York City, really, millions of people are using it, and it's rubbish. It's dark. It's depressing. It's not functioning effectively. It's it's killing the economy in a way. You know, if you, if you had a better, more effective station, you'd enable more transit. You'd boost economic growth. Mm-hmm. There's loads of positives there. I'm sure. I'm sure they see the business case to it. But I just feel like I, I know they're trying to save a buck. And not, it's not a bit more than a buck, isn't it? I mean, it's billions of dollars of taxpayer money here we're talking about. But to solve this, you need a government to come in and say, right, we're doing this with this money. This is the plan, and it's happening now. Long term, it's not going to save money, though, is it? It's going to cost money, something like this. Long term. What do you mean? Well, you're paying back to the developer. What is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, with the right. developer plan, yes. With the developer plan, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, mate. I don't know. But then again, I don't live in New York. So maybe no, I'm that, missing some of the politics, some of the context here. I should say, that is the thing with this, that's, that developer-funded, leased-back-to-state model I talked about. So things with like PFI hospitals, public finance initiative hospitals, um, some of the other the kind of infrastructure I talked about where a developer builds it and then leases it back to the state or local authority or whatever, it, you're right, Luke, it does cost more money over time, but the mm-hmm. upfront capital costs of building it 
is reduced and taken away so you get better public services faster you get economic growth faster it's like buying a sofa or a fridge or a couch where you pay a bit and then you pay the rest of it off over a few months a few years but it does cost you more in the long run yeah it makes sense makes sense but it's that cash flow all right well i've been educated well people of new york i hope you get your penn station by 2060 yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) we'll still be talking about a weekly yeah. <laughs> Get DFS to start offering train stations. Pay nothing yeah. for the first year. Yeah. Stick some ads in Saturday Night TV. <laughs> anyway, guys, let us know what you think about this. Obviously, if you're living in New York, if you use this station on a regular basis, what should we do about Penn Station? It feels like everyone's got a plan, an idea uh, put forward. So, yeah, let us know what you think. Get your comments coming in. Podcast at the B1M.com. Sliding over to the old inbox. What you got for us this week, Luke? Right, we have uh, a cheeky email from Colin Woodall. Woodall? Woodall? Yeah, Colin Woodall. I will go with that. Colin, let us know if I've mispronounced that. But but that's actually a, a theme in the email. He's got three things, right? He goes, hi, guys. Great stuff as always. First up, Luke's comment about Harrison Ford being short. Would you say that he's short for a stormtrooper? Eh? I'm sorry, bad joke. Um, Secondly, I've seen some other things regarding the FIU pedestrian bridge collapse. This is Colin, by the way. This isn't us. He's saying, to my knowledge, the engineering question is not only being legally fined and charged or whatever, but has also lost his ability to practice engineering from the Florida Professional Engineering Organization which obviously we were chatting about the other episode. Um, To be honest, I'm not surprised at that. And then thirdly, Colin says, buckle up, guys. He says, Hermes, pronounced Hermes, is the Greek messenger god. Herms, pronounced Herms, are ancient Greek signposts and protection statues. And he's included a Wikipedia link to that. And then he goes, Hermes, because French, is the clothing brand. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, cheers, guys. Keep the content coming. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I stuck to the pronunciations there. I'm confident I did. So, yeah, Colin on. We needed needed Colin on, didn't we? All right. Mm. I'm sorry. Herms still sounds like a nasty medical situation that needs a cream. How do you, how do you pronounce it? Hermes. What for? <laughs> Herms. The, the <laughs> delivery. <laughs> yeah, the delivery company. Hermes. 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 Yeah. So Hermes. Hermes is, Hermes is <laughs> delivery. <laughs> I don't know. Colin, listen. Colin, yeah, I don't think... I think you've just... You've got us all riled up again. I don't think oh, the com- the delivery company has got to be Hermes. That's what everyone says. Don't call it Herms. It's Herms, man. The Greek god was Hermes, wasn't it? And and, and that's the that's the, the, the iconography they've got. Yeah, on the on the logo and stuff. Hermes is the French fancy clothing uh, brand. Hermes. Hermes. Herm- sorry, Hermes. Yeah. Is the fancy French, and then Herms is just what Liam's saying, which is a, some sort of weird fungus thing he's got. Do you want? Do you know what drives me up the wall? 
Do you know what drives me out the wall when people call it Ralph Lauren? Why, do, why, why is it Lauren? Who, I don't know anyone called Lauren. It's Ralph Lauren. That's how Ralph Fred pronounces it. Is that what drives you the wall? I say Ralph Lauren. Oh. I, I don't say it a lot, to be honest. <laughs> not not <laughs> something I've really thought so about. Bad. Drives me out the wall. No, but it's a proper like UK thing. Lots of people in the UK say Ralph Lauren. And it's like, why is it like, guy, yeah, he's just normal. It's Ralph Lauren. Yeah. Why are we talking about this? What well, that drives you up the wall? Pronunciations. That's it. I just say Hugo Boss. Don't I? Don't wear Hugo <laughs> Boss, mate. <laughs> or Jane Gabbana. 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 DNG. Oh, that's it. Who knows? Who knows? No. <clears throat> Cheers, Colin. <laughs> thumbs, thanks, thumbs up. Yeah, thanks for confusing us answered, more. Uh, what was his question at the start about the bridges or something? The engineer that's been struck off. Oh, no, it's not a question. He's saying he's just like Reddit. He's saying the guy, uh, to his knowledge, allegedly, um, is being legally fined and charged. It wouldn't surprise so, me if he allegedly was in that situation because yeah. he allegedly cocked up quite a lot of stuff. So Yeah, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. We've covered that so, from a libel perspective, haven't we? Yeah, I think allegedly. so. And he, says, he just says, keep the content coming. So, and we've got we've got a few other emails uh, that have come in, but we'll get to those in the in the coming episodes. So, we appreciate it. And also, look if you enjoy the show, please give us a review. Drop us a cheeky Apple Podcast review or Spotify review. It'd mean the world. Definitely, guys. There's four things we want you to do this week. Okay, if you're listening to this episode, you got to the end. There are four things we need you to do. Number one, leave us a review on yeah. Spotify or Apple. Number two, tell us what you would put. On the MSG sphere, or the note, Liam's head, a big eyeball, a marble, or the note, whatever. Something interesting, something interesting and spherical. An egg, big egg, an egg. It's not quite, it's not quite egg shaped, though, is it? Don't know if what, that just, works, mate. It's just an egg. Yeah. It's just an egg, mate. Ice cream, a big, a big like scoop of ice cream. That'd be really good, wouldn't it? Mm. See, mm. we need your ideas, guys. We're scraping here. <laughs> come, come and help us out. What do we need uh, on the MSG sphere? Second thing third thing go and watch the get construction talking videos share them with your friends colleagues and family uh, and people you know across the industry we're trying to raise awareness of mental health and construction and fourth thing if you can donate anything to get construction talking even five dollars that would be much appreciated and help us lift up and support construction's mental health charity around the world it would yeah as i said it would mean a lot to us so four things okay review what's on the msg sphere Watch the videos. Donate money. Anything else you guys want to add? Fifth thing? Are we all good? I think we're all good, mate. Yeah. Um, all I feel good. like everyone's got a five-point plan <laughs> these days. But yeah, we'll, oh. we'll leave the... Grow the economy, number five. There you go. Done. Mm. Everyone's happy. Mm. <laughs> 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 or something else. Anyway, yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you, or rather talk to you, next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah.